Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 338. I've been missing in action for a little while because, I don't know, sometimes the world just gets in my way. But I was thinking about Julia Childs. There's hardly a bad thing you can think about her. And I saw this little picture of myself um, as a cook. And I did want to be a great cook. And the first great cook I ever saw was Julia Childs. And I just thought she was amazing on PBS. She, she told people, and this my husband would agree with, but I have a problem with this because I do like to decorate my plate. And Julia said, all she can think about is how many hands have touched the food. She was so great and her kitchen was so ordinary. Everything about her was sort of over the top. There's a little episode that I found with her and David Letterman and she's making hamburgers for him. And it's hysterical because she says she got the hamburger meat from Good Morning America and all of the accoutrements, except for this tiny emony, like it looks like something from Tasty Bake Oven, a little tiny six inch by six inch square of a heating device. And she said, this is all we needed from your set. It was the only thing that didn't work. And so it becomes steak tartare. And David Letterman is hysterical. And she's hysterical. And she finally says to him at the end, you know what? You did everything wrong, but I like you anyway. It was, it was her in a nutshell. Then there's this other one with this Professor Morrison who thinks he's a great chef and she creates a meal for him and she burns everything. And he discusses the meal. She's funny. She dumped everything. She drank. She loved vermouth. Cooking, drinking. She said, you have got to, when you flip, when you live in the kitchen, you need to have the courage of your convictions. And a little bit of vermouth will help you do that. Then she said, in a French restaurant or any restaurant, I want the owner to put music on that is very easy for men to live up to. Not too romantic, not too anything, just the guys trying, give him a break. So I'm listening to this silly station with silly French music, which she would have loved. Her kitchen was so ordinary. I mean, it was like those coil uh, heating devices. Her pots weren't great. And there she was. It's in the Smithsonian. It's so much better than these Viking kitchens, restaurant this and that. She cooked great. She taught you how to make an omelet with beans, how to push it over to the side. She would make tons of mistakes and always own up to it. She was the nicest person. But the interesting thing I found out, the reason I'm doing this is because on Facebook, which nobody's on if you're not un, if you're under 65, but if you're over 65, lots of good stuff comes up. One of them is that she was six foot two and she went to great school, great schools. She was, uh, her mother was an heiress. Everything was great but she was six foot two. So she tried to join the military 
right before the war because she wanted to be a part of it. And they wouldn't let her in because she was too tall. So she went to secretarial school, went to New York, and became this big secretary. And she was fired because she made a huge mistake, a clerical mistake. So the funny thing is, she goes to the war and tries to get reinstated, not as a soldier, but as a secretary. And she gets put in the most precise section of the military, even though her last job, her faux pas was a big one. And, but she took this chance, thank God they didn't check things back then, or she would have never gotten the job because her secretarial skills were not great. She, she had a little trouble with the follow through. So she gets this job and um, she's okay. So she, and her mom's getting really worried because she had a chance to marry the titan of the LA Times, the son of this man, because they were big families, big money. She said no. Now she's like 32 and now she's in England doing stuff for the government because she moves up. I mean, she said little mistakes didn't matter in the government. Little faux pas, little, little false promises. It's not like business in the military. I'm like, wow, that's pretty surprising. So she goes on and she's almost, almost in the CIA, which was not the CIA at the time. It was a, a company before that, but she's being treated with respect and she meets her husband and he she's 34 and he's 44 and they've never been married and he is working with her and she's supposed to be the secretary and she just keeps butting in and he said to his his brother he wrote to his brother and he said she's a sloppy thinker and this is unbelievable. And then he said, with an unbecoming blonde mustache, he didn't like her. This turns into the love story of the century, so just hold on. And he said, she was unable to sustain a thought for very long. Well, that turned out to be the best thing about her because they were on this committee to try and figure out how to create a shark deterrent because the sharks were eating men who fell into the water waiting for um, to be saved. But the big thing, the more important thing that happened very often was the curious shark sharks would eat the bombs, would touch the bombs and the bombs would go off. And they had bombs all over the Atlantic Ocean, very strategic, great locations to stop German submarines and ships and these dumb sharks were eating them all. Not eating them, just bumping into them and blowing themselves up. And it was happening. It cost so many lives. And it was a very odd thing to get the army behind. So she took this on herself to figure out a deterrent and a repellent everybody agreed would be something that smelled like a dead shark. But nobody could figure it out and it, this was the beginning of her recipes she 
figured it out by herself. And Paul, her husband, was irritated with her because he was always like, let's go back to the drawing board. This is where we left off yesterday. And she'd go off on these wild tangents. And she figured out that copper acetate mixed with, with a black dye, when it was put in the water, smelled like a dead shark. And it became the answer. And you will not believe this. They use it to this day. When things fall from the sky, you know, from NASA, from, you know, spaceships, from everything, satellites, from everything up in the air, they cover it with this stuff that she invented that many years ago. It's never been, no, no one's ever done better. And so Paul started looking at her differently and they got married and he was awfully good at the opera. He was awfully good at French things and they moved to France because he's part of the CIA basically he's a black black belt judo artist he's 10 years older he knows everything she doesn't know much and it's like Pygmalion and for the next years she goes to um, the Cordon Bleu while he's working and he's like oh Paul oh Paul and they're both like yeah 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 like uh, I'm gonna teach you everything I know and he did and she was so grateful she never felt a bad thing about it. She she used 753 pounds of butter learning how to cook. And she took it on to, um, to her future, which was amazing. So he retires. And she's in her 50s, and like getting into her 50s, and she writes this amazing cookbook with these two other amazing chefs in England, I mean in um, France, and it becomes a bestseller. Okay, that should have been the end of it, but it wasn't. She starts doing these shows on TV, one being David Letterman and all these other shows, and NPR, you know, just goes crazy about her, and they want to put her on TV. And the fun thing is, I mean, to, to make this like the love story of the century, Paul, I've got to turn this music off. Alexa, that's awful. Off. I'm always interested to hear how I can improve. You, you could just um, improve by off. Off, Alexa. Alexa, off. Jeez, how could she improve? Shut up. Okay, so that was not French music. She's, she's just not being paid enough. I don't respect her enough. Alexa and I are having a terrible time. Fine. Okay, back to the love affair of the century. So Paul has this great career. They're trying to have a baby. They never can, which breaks my heart because I know how that feels. But they remained the closest of close. And he's ready to retire. They've got a home in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He just wants to slow down. Her career starts picking up. She is on TV now and she keeps flubbing her lines so what this guy Paul does is in every single one of the episodes he is underneath her at her feet and he's got all these signs and the signs say things like you forgot the mushrooms wipe your brow speak into the camera smile he, the whole time he's writing these little messages for her 
That's what he does with the rest of his life. And he becomes Julia Child's husband. And he is so happy. He joins the women's liberation movement. He says it is fantastic to live for somebody and help somebody who has amazing talent. He's just like the greatest guy in the world. And they were completely happy until he died, which is very, very sad. But he called the relationship like that he said it was my fair lady. And in the very beginning of their marriage, when he was 10 years older and so amazing, and he did teach her about the opera and about French cooking. But he said she taught him about life and she taught him about love. And she was the first woman in 1993 to be inducted into the Culinary Institute of the Americas. He was so proud of her. And her kitchen's in the Smithsonian, and if you look at it, you wouldn't believe it. Her favorite food was a hot dog. And she's talking about the one from the carts in New York. She said, nothing compares to the joy you have when you smell it and taste it. Nothing. Nothing French can do. Nothing anyone can do. Her last meal was French onion soup. And she's just an American classic. And her husband is amazing. And she came up with something. Like I was thinking, when I read that, I was like, um, exceptional, exceptional people are always exceptional. Whatever they choose to do. No matter how hard it is, you know, gird your loins and be brave. And she said, make mistakes. It's the only way you can learn. Have the courage to fail. And I just thank God, she's so amazing. And she never really, you know, was full of herself. Everything was an exploration. Everything went in the garbage. She plunked everything down. She was... I wish we had someone like that now. She just was not so full of herself. She wasn't. And she was on Mr. Rogers, and she taught children how to make a pasta dish without using an oven. She was amazing. And David Letterman, I've never seen him so beguiled. And when she says at the end, David, I like you anyway, I've never seen him look like that. She could disarm you with her, I guess, humanness and her her innate, I guess, is beauty. Like, human. She was human. And we do not have anyone like that anymore. No one can laugh at themselves. No one takes a little swig. No one is having fun. She had fun. That's the thing. She had fun. Everything she was doing was fun. And it was on the fly. And it would go this way or that way. I mean, some of her episodes are hilarious. But she didn't care. She she was doing her best. And I just wish we'd get back to a world where people can be free to just do their best. And not be held, not ridiculed. I hate that word. Just not ridiculed just love that they tried. They tried to make it better. They tried to teach you something. And it failed. And this is why it failed. 
and she would go back and do it again. It was great. I mean, her omelets, you know, like everyone's, 30% of the time didn't succeed, but 70% of the time they did, and it was worth it. She was not perfect. So, I just want to, I just want to, I wish we could all just try to be less perfect and try to be more human. And then people wouldn't feel so bad and so inadequate because being happy is not about being perfect. And Julia, Julia totally, totally led the way on that one. So did Mr. Rogers. So anyway, just wanted you to know she was a big part of World War II and she's still a big part of NASA. And she's really a big part of, I tried to be a cook and I try, I, I love everything she does. And she's brilliant. But I keep forgetting to do the work. But she wouldn't have cared. So just be yourself and rock Julia if you want to every now and then. She's still the most amazing, most wonderful one. So just wanted to tell you about her World War II contribution and her amazing love story with her husband. And if anybody, there's no better life anybody could have ever had. She did it, and she did it all. So, I don't know, she just she just made my world a better place today. So, stay sane, and I will be back. <laughs>